Coming up on the Santana Moss Show, me and my man Travis is talking our favorite moments in the Redskins training camp. And then, Tana, you know we're going to a more serious subject, something we don't do very often here, but we are talking about depression and football players. Listen, Noah Spence, 9,000 calories intake a day? Hmm, that's something that I must chime in on. Good Lord, you know who's not getting those calories? People that play Fortnite all damn day and night. Is it a new record? My son, Savion Moss, has taken five L's. Mm. The Santana Moss Show podcast starts right now. It's the Santana Moss Show. Former Blue Ball Show. Number 89. Hustle all the time. Travis on the right. Hot mic on the left. Every single week, it's a lyrical fact. Now I'm ready to go. Uh, uh, uh. Santana Moss Show podcast. Travis Thomas, Santana Moss. What's up, brother? We in the building. Uh, I would just like to make reference to this iced out chain that my partner in crime is wearing. Is this new or is this like a, has this been around and I've not seen it? It was a birthday gift to myself. Nice. Yeah, it was a birthday gift to myself. I actually, it was a two-part chain. It was two chains. Two chains? Two chains. And one of them, it was a nameplate, Tana Man, and then this. Where's the Tana Man one? Well, I left it home. I don't like the... Don't like the tag on myself. I don't like to walk around with the big old tanner. Very nice. But yeah, it was a birthday gift, and I hadn't given myself a gift. I was one of those guys that every birthday was something big. It was either a Roly or Brightling. I was I was a big wash guy, and so that was the other part to my Mm -hmm. birthday gift. I got myself a new truck. But um, yeah, the chain was something that I needed. I I didn't need it. It was something I wanted to add to my collection, and so you know, I went out there and. Made it happen. Lesson learned here, folks. Do not cheat yourself. Treat, treat yourself. yourself. Okay, birthdays are very important. Play y'all. Shout outs to the jeweler, too. He did a oh, yeah. great job with that. My man AJ down in Miami. AJ in the MIAO. Hey, by the way, AJ, I'm going to come see you. Cubic Zorconia for my budget. Hook a brother up. And get what AJ going to tell you. What? See that price? <laughs> he going to tap that thing in there with this tanner price. He going to take care of you. AJ, take care of my boy. Yeah. You hear him, AJ. He watches the podcast. I know he does. No doubt. Tana, you and I both have been at camp for the Skins. We're in preseason now. Regular season's right around the corner doing push-ups. What have you seen so far from camp and obviously the preseason for this team? Expectations? Any surprises? Any letdowns from being out at camp? You know, honestly, I'll sit here and be lying to you if I say I sat out there and watched every time I was out there. Right. I wasn't. I was, you know, doing my part and making the fans happy. It's crazy that every time I'm out there, it's like I'm still playing. I mean, the Redskins fans, I don't know. I only played two places. And I haven't been back to New York yet. They have plenty of opportunities for me to come back, so maybe I will show up one day. But the Redskins fans have always showed me unconditional love. And it's crazy now that I'm out there just, you know, socializing and, you know, conversing with them while camp is going on. It's just been tremendous Something that I never would thought would still exist. But I have been hearing different storylines here and there about what's going on. Just some of the things that I've been following. All the players seem to be so enthused of what Alex Smith has been bringing thus far. You know, when it comes to his leadership. You know, it's funny because I've been a guy as a receiver knowing that the quarterback position is so critical. If you don't have a quarterback, then that's where your season is going. It's going to be not one of those seasons that you want. You can't really make it in this league without a quarterback. And for the last few years, we've had a decent quarterback. I felt that we had something good going. Um, whether we can put all the games that we lost on Kirk or not, I don't think it's fair because you can't. 
I think he played exceptionally well. That's why he was due the money that he's got, and that's why he's went off and he's in Minnesota now. But one of the things I've always said that it's vital to have that leadership, that veteran mentality in that huddle is second to none. And that's some of the things that a lot of these guys have been speaking on. You see Chris Thompson talking about it. You hear Trent Williams talking about it. Every time you've asked a player about what's going on with the quarterback situation, the first thing they say, first thing they allude to is that, well, we know who we have at quarterback now. That's the one elephant in the room that they can put outside the room. And then second, they say, man, his leadership, how he's conduct his offense, how he conducts the huddle. That's something to second to none. You have to have that to be a winner for one, and to be able to lead the guys that you're trying to lead. To me, that's the best storyline I can hear because now that's letting you know that that part of the the whole offense and that part of the team is taken care of. Being there, it just looked like a regular practice to me. What I gained the most knowledge from was talking to other people in the media that I trust and I built relationships with. They all kind of had their own stories of the difference in personality of Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins. Kirk was happy-go-lucky, kind of knew everyone's name, would talk to you, equipment managers, all the way to teammates. And Alex Smith, from what I'm hearing, is a lot more of an intense guy. Quiet, stays to himself, doesn't talk much. Now, some of that could be because he's new, I guess, and Kirk was here for a long time. But I'm hearing Alex is really not in a jerk way, but just all about football. Like, he is dialed in. He's not there to make friends and be buddy-buddy. He is dialed in. Let's be honest, though. Now, we can take those storylines and those hits and be like, oh, this is going to be the best season ever because we have Alex Smith. But don't allow that to set us up to feel like we have something special. Sure. And then he goes out there. He doesn't put up the kind of performance that we're looking for. He's got a ball. I understand that how they feel and and what they feel. Yes, it's true because you're always going to feel that way with something new. I feel that way about my new car. Right. I just told you about it. Man, oh, I was so excited to get one. And then I looked at how the gas is treating me. I'm like, well, damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I got to spend so much on it's gas. It's got to show and prove. So at the end of the day, you know, he still has to play the game. Right. He still has to learn those guys around him. He still has to learn that playbook. And until he goes out there and put up all the stuff that we're talking about now and display that on the field, then we can sit there and talk how is that benefiting us. But right now, I think it's too premature to talk about the benefits of it because right now he's just a new guy that's trying to win over everybody in the locker room and upstairs in those front offices and of course we're going to have so much good to talk about. So I want to keep it with football because we're on the heels now of the Hall of Fame inductions. You and I were talking off camera yeah. about Ray Lewis sweating through his coat but his speech was <laughs> Oh, I mean, hey. That brother was sweat perspiring. On. I, I went to church. I went to church that Yeah, night. he definitely preached yeah. Ray Lewis's speech. I thought Erlacher was good. I thought Moss was good. Brian Dawkins though, I, I want to stop for a second because his speech was very powerful in that he shared a lot of personal you know, moments that he went through and he battled depression. At one point, he said he was suicidal mm. during his playing days. That has now, I guess, empowered some other players to come out. Steve Smith, former Panther and Raven, has come out and said he's had his own depression issues throughout his NFL career. Do you feel like now players are more empowered to come out and talk about these things? Have you experienced any depression or or suicidal thoughts or anything Mm. like that with teammates, any mental illness that you know of? I first want to say I commend both of those guys for just having the courage to speak on it. Right. You know, some of those things are so sensitive and so personal that, you know, it's hard to allow the world to be in your life in that form. Yes, we allow them to see us play this game of football and be able to say, man, we, we are great. And, you know, Brian Dawkins, he's a Hall of Famer and Steve Smith is climbing that ladder. Should be someday soon. But oh, to, he's Hall of Famer. Yeah, no sure. doubt. So just for those guys to allow us into their life outside of the playing field. That was big because I truly believe that them opening up with the world and allowing us to know what 
some of the demons that they face, it's going to allow others who's not athletes and who's not famous to be able to deal with their demons, you know, to be able to go out and say, hey, I need help. They look at ball players and say we're so macho and we're heroes and warriors, and they just don't know that we do that between those white lines because yeah. we have to. That's our job. That's what pays the bills for us to be violent, for us to go out there and attack the ball the way we do as receivers and the, the opponent the way we do as defenders. But we deal with regular things that normal people deal with, too, every day. And Steve Smith, he alluded to it well. Man, I just I watched I read a story and then I just watched him on NFL Network. And he said, you know, he was like, hey, you know, just like anybody else, you know, we we have things that's going on and we able to escape at times and go out and play the game of football. And a lot of people don't have that that escape room. They don't have that area where they can just leave whatever they're going through and be able to deal with it. And so I'm glad that those guys spoke out about it. I'm glad that, you know, Brian Dawkins was able to get the help. I'm, I'm glad that Steve was able to get the help. Me, myself, personally, I've heard so many different stories about depression. Most of it has been post-career yeah. because some of the things that we deal with during our career. And I honestly can tell you that my first year outside the game, I was hoping and praying that I don't have to deal with it. I was literally every night going to bed. I pray every night. And that's something that I've been doing from day one. And I will always pray that, please, don't take my mind nowhere that it needs to be. You know, let me stay focused on what I have. I've always been focused on reaching, you know, I, I reach for stuff that I don't even know is up there. I, I'm always climbing. I never want to settle. That's why I'm always on the go. People tell me to this day, man, you always, you're doing this, you're doing that. I can't sit still. I won't sit still, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I love who I am and what I do and who I do it for. You know, I have a lot that depend on me and I want them to know that they secure. I want them to know that, look, don't worry about that because he's going to go get it for you regardless of what it is. So I was one of those guys sitting around. Please don't let my mind shift and do something. And so I think the fear of me knowing what other friends have dealt with and talked about. I was always saying, let me keep busy because I don't want to be that guy that maybe sitting still now is going to lead to me having a form of that or being introduced to that. And I don't know what those guys, how that illness, you know, happened with those guys. I heard it most from the guys who left the game. Right. Both of those guys said they, they was dealing with that during, during during their playing years. So it's hard, man. And I tip my hat off to them for coming out and being up front with everybody. You know, I tell them to their face, you know, if I was able to sit there and tell them, thank you, because there's people out there that's hurting from this and I'm glad you was able to speak up because those folks that's looking up to you all they're able to now probably go deal with that they they able to go seek that help and not feel that it's something to shy away from you spoke about the human element and I think that's a big part of it you know we watch these guys they're almost superhuman in yeah. terms of athleticism I mean these are two hall of famers we're talking about and I think people just forget they are humans at the end of the day Superhuman is 9,000 calories a day, my friend. That is Lord. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Noah Spence has gained 35 pounds on a 9,000-calorie-a-day diet. Now, I'm looking at some of the stuff. Tana, for breakfast, he starts each day with two protein shakes. Yeah. Lunch, six ounces of steak, four ounces of shrimp, 500 grams of potatoes, peanut butter and jelly, and a glass of chocolate almond milk for snacks, a couple more protein shakes before bedtime. Tana, this is insane. Have you ever, now you played a position where you didn't really want to gain weight, I'm no. guessing, but I'm sure you had a lot of teammates to try to put on weight. What's some of the most extreme things you've seen? Just reading about him trying to maintain a 9,000 calorie <laughs> intake daily. I'm trying to stay within 2,000 and less. That's a normal human being. <laughs> that's though. a normal and yeah. that's, that's a healthy you yes, know, uh, diet. But 9,000, I couldn't imagine it. I do recall being a Jet and I remember 
my first year as a Jet, we had a guy that just came in before me, John Abraham, was stated that he ran a 4-3-4-4-40 at the DN position. That's flying yeah. to be a defensive no end. Doubt. And if you watched him, if you watched his body type, everything, he was so fast but so lean, so straight up and down. And He's I rem- a good player. And I remember John Lott, our scrim coach, and, and just, just me being a guy that observe everything, hear everything, take heed to everything that I hear. And I remember John Lott telling him, in order for you to be dominant at your position, because you're so fast off that end, you have to beef up. You have to get a little bigger mm. so you can be able to deal with some of those tackles because these tackles in the league are some of the best, and these guys are 300-plus. John Abraham was probably 220, if that. He was small, but he was a he was a beast at he his was. position. And I remember him beefing up one year and had a lights-out year. And I don't know how big he got, but you can see the difference in just – he passed the eye contest. You know, you can look at him and say, yeah, he's a, D, he's a DN now. He's oh. a guy. He fits the position. His body fits the position. And I remember John Lott telling him, I remember those training days when we was out in the offseason and we was we was putting in those work, doing our plyos and doing our sprints across that damn artificial turf. I remember those mornings and John talking to him and I'm just sitting there observing, just listening, you know, chiming in because he had talks with me also. But I remember watching that season and seeing him evolve into the player that they wanted him to be because he was able to take on that pounding and because uh-huh. he had gained so much weight. So I'm not sure if this guy, you know, is trying to do the same thing. Maybe. I, I recall him coming in 2016, having the season that he had. He had some injuries, with two shoulder injuries. And I remember John dealing with something similar like that. Yeah. So I think when you're so athletic, you know, you don't have that weight on you. You know, they want to beef you up enough so you can be able to play that position, to be able to take in some of those hits, some of that beef that you're going to endure throughout the year. Right. And the season is long. The season is so long and you have to deal with those guys week in and week out, you name it. You know, you have to put the hitting on some of those guys. And sometimes you're getting hurt from the guys you're out there hitting, you know, yeah. not necessarily the guys who are hitting you. So um, the 9,000 calorie part is, you know, i never heard nothing like that ever. But if it's something that's going to benefit and help him, I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm going to watch and play close attention to Noah this year just to see Me if too. him gaining all his weight is going to really help him beat the player that he wants to be. As long as he can be explosive and play the position that he came in playing and playing it at a high level, yeah, he's be then expl- I think it works. That's but, the key. But it has to help you in that way. You have right. to beef up that way to know that I can still carry this and I can go out and be the player that they want me to be. I mean, there's been guys who've been successful at that position who are not big, beefy guys. No. You mentioned John. Javon Curse, Curse yes. was lean. Simeon Rice was lean. Jason Taylor, a guy we were talking about earlier, yeah, real lean. he was lean. I don't think you had to be the biggest guy on it. Ryan Kerrigan right now looks yeah. super lean. So the explosiveness is the key there. You're right about that. Most guys in this league today, what we're trying to do is be you know leaner. You know, right. Everyone is cutting their diet. Everyone is making sure that, man, hey, I'm in the best shape that I can get in, that I can run. Right. This game is more about finessing than it Speed. is to really to be out there pounding guys. Right. The other day they was talking to my man from Denver, 58. Von Miller. Uh, Von. I I think so highly of him. He reminds me of Derek Thomas. Oh, yeah. Derek Thomas, a Florida guy, Miami guy, yep. and I remember him, how special he was to this game. They asked him about the helmet, the helmet stuff, and he said, man, I'm not a banger. I'm a finesse. I'm a sniper. I get in there. He said, I understand this game. I understand we have to keep these quarterbacks healthy. I understand. He said, I'm out there going after that ball. I'm not trying to hurt nobody. So this game is starting to go to that 
path of guys respecting what's trying to be done. You know right. what I mean? The business. If you watch the business side of it, you're watching in Pro Bowls all the time. You yeah, know? you're right. The Pro Bowlers say, hey, man, I'm out here to put a show on and I'm out here to protect my brother so we can get into this offseason and enjoy it. So I believe football is heading down that path. You don't necessarily have to hurt guys, man, to go out there and get the job done. Just make the play. Make the play and do it in a fashion where you're not hurting yourself, you're not hurting others. And you can have a nice size on you that you can be efficient and doing it, then you should be able to do it. If gaining weight for this kid, Norris, is going to help him out, then I'm all for it. But as long as he's he's still explosive, he can handle that that weight and be able to not be exhausted out there. Because I remember being big, and I was overweight at the time. Right. I was exhausted out you there. You were getting hurt, too, I remember I was, you said. But I, I got hurt way earlier before I gained the weight. I had some stuff I was dealing with personally, oh. you know, off the field that – put me into a state to where I, I ate everything. You know, I was, like Pac said, like Larry Holmes, flabby and sick. <laughs> no offense to Larry, you know, but, you know, at the time, you know, right. I was dealing with it, and I played at a high level, but I was exhausted. So just knowing what the path I went on when I gained so much weight, I was clueless to what I was gaining. But if you look at pictures to this day, I'm like, erase that picture. Exit, yeah. I can't erase it. It's there because I was that size. And as long as he can carry it and play well, then I'm all for it. So here's the thing. We look at Tana now. Yeah. It looks like Mr. Universe. <laughs> Can you just talk about a typical cheat day for you while we're talking about all these damn calories, please? Um, I mean, cheat days now, I, you know, don't even talk about a cheat day with me. I just, oh, man, cheat. I literally watch the Food Channel at times when I'm getting ready to cheat. Like, I'm going to eat it all. I'm going to eat everything I see. Cheat days for me, like, no, honestly, like right now, and I don't have a cheat day. I say cheat day, it's a cheat meal. Honestly, it's a okay, meal. It's that's a meal. Fair. So I give myself a cheat meal. And it's normally early in the day because I want to make sure that I'm back on track by sunfall. And right. I want to be able to say now I'm back to eating the less carbs and more protein. But a cheat meal for me would be I will get a Pisano's pizza. Pepperoni and sausage. I probably won't eat nothing but floor slices. The only reason why, because I have chicken tenders on the side with that. And, you know, (laughs) you're putting in that chicken, those chicken. I'm eating the whole four tenders or five, whatever it comes with, six tenders. I'm eating all six of those tenders. All six is getting dealt with. But four slices of that pizza will go down. And the other four I would leave for my son, you know, because I would always leave him four because he's going to eat four by himself. And he probably eat two now and then comes back and eat like a gerbil and eat two later that night. And then on top of that, I have cravings. I'm an ice cream guy. I love ice cream. I would go to Cold Stone and mm. down some French vanilla ice cream mm. with some Oreos uh, mm. chopped up in it. And it's like it's a coma meal. I tell myself every time I'm finna go put myself in a coma. I'm going to feel real good when I go under. When I come back, I'm going to feel cheated. <laughs> That's why I call it the cheat meal. I'm going to feel like I just cheated and I'm not going to feel comfortable enough to live with myself. So I'm going to immediately get outside and get on my bike and ride some of that off. It's like defeating the purpose. It's a cheat meal for a reason. It's something that I should be able to partake in without feeling that way. But I do because I think the lifestyle I take on now is more of wanting to be healthy, wanting to put the proper things in me, just knowing what it can do for you. Right. You know, we talk about L's, and we're probably going to get into that later on in this show, but I feel that I took a lot of L's in my playing years when it came to my diet because if I knew the things I know now, if I knew them then, man, the level of I played on and not being who I am now, I'm 180-something pounds at 39, and I recall myself being 190 and feeling great, you know? Mm. So just think if I could have maintained my college weight. I was 180. If I could have maintained that 
you know, throughout my playing years and the level I played on, it's no telling what I could have done. So I just appreciate learning. You know, I learn. Yeah. I appreciate the process of learning things. And I play with diets now. Like I, I, all my friends know, I text my, we have a group chat, me and my cousins, my brothers and my close friends. And I throw stuff at them like, hey, try this, try this, try that, try this. I talk to nutritionists just, just to see the different things that I can put in right. with what I'm doing because it's the lifestyle. It's something that I now consider my football. You know, it's, it's something that I get up for. I get up to work out and, and to be fit, to be in shape. So I love it. It motivates me to be able to maintain. And that's why I enjoy those days when I can really, you know, let it all hang out. You know, as you mentioned Paisano's pizza, I just couldn't help but to think that it's not just pizza. It's something for everyone. Something for everyone. What you want! By the way, now feels like the right time, Tana, to just say that this show is a wonderful podcast and okay. we are looking for sponsorships. Anyone interested, including you, Paisano's, please. Give us your patronage. Ching. That part. Hey, all right, so Tana, I want to go to Taking L's, right? Mm -hmm. But I want to kind of combine it with the story I'm looking at. <laughs> so parents are I now already know. <laughs> parents are now hiring Fortnite coaches <laughs> for their children. Now, I feel like I'd sort of get why, because I think a lot of these gamers are getting money these days from esports and things of that nature. So I feel like there's no difference of a parent putting their kid in a sports camp to get better at a sport, hoping for eventually a scholarship to college or whatever. Your thoughts on the parents hiring coaches for Fortnite, and then please transition that into the L's that you gave your son. Well, first of all, if parents are going out and finding coaches to teach these kids how to be better in Fortnite, I feel cheated already because my mom and dad never paid for anyone to teach me how to beat Mario Brothers. I mean, I remember those nights of playing Mario and trying to get the King Cooper to get the princess, and it was some long nights. But it never was a night like my son experiences now. My kids, my son, my daughters, they be up 6 o'clock in the morning. I, I was just in Miami. I recall getting up, and I'm going to the restroom, and I hear, oh, uh, and then I hear a giggle. So I'm like, who the hell is up this time of morning? What's going on? And I peek out the room. And in the hallway, we have our little, um, you know, area where they're on the computer. And I see my nine-year-olds sitting there playing Fortnite. Mm. And before I got the chance to even say anything, I kind of just like, they didn't even know they, I saw them. I just looked at them. I'm like, you know, it's 6 o'clock. It's already done. Whatever's done, it's done. So I went back to sleep. I woke up the next morning. My morning normally start around 7, 8 o'clock. And I'm like, look at them. Now they passed out in their rooms. <laughs> they didn't get up to after almost, you know, that evening. And then I allowed, you know, told him, mom, like, look, take whatever it is you got to take from them. So my son, the next day, he thought he was going to pull another, you know, one of those six o'clock things. He don't woke up at six. So I'm going to go to sleep at 6 a.m. His mom went in there and took the game system, the computer, mm. the iPad, mm. the damn Nintendo Switch. He mm. has so many different outlets that he can play Fortnite on. So these parents that I took my head off to these parents that's going out their way to do this because I understand now it's the day and age that everyone's paying to make sure their kid is elite at whatever it is it is. Right. You know, we was just elite at going outside and scratching up our knees and, and our elbows. Actually playing, playing sports. Yeah. Exactly. So now these days parents are saying, hey, I will pay top dollar to make sure my kid <laughs> have a chance of a scholarship. I don't know if you get scholarships playing Fortnite, but if they do, I might have to sign my kids up because they sure <laughs> enough been trying to sneak in some long hours. And if they can be that long and be out there participating in this Fortnite, then they should be able to do that same thing with their studies. So Savion took some L's, and, and he know he'd probably take a lot more if he tried to pull one of them all-nighters again. 
Bro, I think this could be a record for L's on this show. That's four. You said the gaming system. Gaming system. The iPad. Nintendo Switch, the iPad. And the phone. The computer and the phone. That's five, That's five L's. Lord have mercy. And he's still sitting there wondering why everything's been taken from him at night. <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> Don't worry, Savy. We love you. Do you think kids nowadays even know who King Koopa is? Man, they. you know it. what's so funny about the situation? They do because Mario is never. It's still around. He's never died. He's yeah. like, you bring a new system in and Mario is there. Him and him and the princess and Luigi and, and everybody All of them else. still. Yoshi. He finds a way to put himself in some kind of game system. But um, it's crazy that what we experienced our yeah. years ago. Because I, I remember those summers, bro. Definitely. I remember those summers being up all night. But you gave yourself, man, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock was great. No doubt. Kids are up the next morning. Yeah, that's crazy. Do nothing the next day because they're so exhausted. Matter of fact, I remember video games was like kind of like a prize at the end of the night. If you did, you played outside, you did your chores, you did all that, you weren't a pain in the ass, then they'd let you play games for a couple hours. Video games now are to be expected. It's like a lifestyle. It's like I get up in the morning, I brush my teeth, wash my face, rest the game. And then I'm gaming. And you're like, hold on, did you eat lunch today? No, I wasn't hungry. Because you have the game in front of your face. Did you eat dinner? Uh, yeah, I'm going to eat in a minute. <laughs> Just this past weekend, all my kids ate at 12 midnight. And I'm like, why y'all eat? eat? We ate four or five hours ago. Oh, I was upstairs. Fortnite. Fortnite, man. Fortnite, what's up? Give me a, give me something. I feel like my dad would try to play Tech Mobile or yeah. Mario. or I remember him trying to play Sonic the Hedgehog. I ain't playing Fortnite. I ain't playing Fortnite. It doesn't even look like something that I'm... I heard the conversation alone from my nephew. My nephew was over to On the headphones? And he was like, man, this this guy. He's awesome. He's he's on Instagram. He's on Facebook. He hasn't been beaten. And he's like, oh, what I would do to kill him one time on Fortnite. <laughs> and I sit there and like, so who is this dude that they talking about that's supposed to be so bad that he's... Socially lost. everywhere right now. Everyone knows about him it's on every crazy. network, you know. And I'm like, man, this is crazy because I asked my son, I was like, so what is Fortnite? What is it about? He's like, man, it's everyone in the world just playing a game. Like, I think it's a hundred or a thousand people out there at one time, but they could be from anywhere. It could be you and me playing and kids in Iowa somewhere and they don't like, man, who is tough stuff and who right. is six? You know right. what I'm saying? Who's and, eight to the nine? Yeah, and who is this guy they trying to win? And it's, it's one guy. He's probably played everybody. And Beat he's, their ass. He's beating everyone. And so my nephew was talking about it and my son was like, yeah, he's dope. And I'm like, man, you guys are off the chain with right. this Fortnite stuff. Fortnite. So, oh, but you know, you can't be mad at him, man. Kids, put down the Fortnite and pick up a book. Where? Expand your mind, baby. Your brain. Expand your brain and listen and watch the Santana Moss Show podcast because we lit. That's what the kids say. Liddy. We litty. It's Gucci. Spotify. YouTube. We're on everything, Tana. We're on everything. Apple Podcasts. Get at us. Subscribe. Listen. Like. Share. Do it. Santana Moss Show podcast. It's a Rizzo. It's a Santana Moss Show. Number 89. I'm on the right, hot mic on the left, every single